Welcome back to Big Les's League. And yes, you do get to see my ugly mug yet again on YouTube. We are going to be talking with the great Lee Addison. He's making his return to my podcast as well. It has been a long time. He's pretty much been on hiatus in terms of being on my podcast, but uh, at the same time, been quite busy. Lee, how are you going? Mate, I mustn't be going too bad because I've had this T-shirt on for the last couple of hours. And then just before I came on the pod, I thought to myself, I wore this on one of Big Les's podcasts a year and a half ago. So I mustn't have put too much weight on me. I must be going all right. Well, that's that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great sign. How, how are you going more importantly? Uh, I mean, good. Been very, very busy. Uh, I think we both have as well. You've obviously yep. got a lot of things going on in your line of work as well. Mm. Uh, um, you know, you've had a great sort of 12 months, haven't you? Mm-hmm. We've now racked up 64 clinics in two and a half years, over three and a half thousand kids. That's so that's the in-person stuff. And then online, we're well over 40 countries that the website goes to. So yeah, we, I, th- I do feel in the last 12 to 18 months, we broke through from being a, um, if you like a bit of a provider to being a real serious provider that people, uh, a provider of choice. Um, and, and the best thing I can tell you, mate, is the, the future for the business is looking really good because we're going to be making some a big announcement soon. So um, if people keep an eye on rugby league coach on socials, they'll, they'll know pretty soon. The business has been on sale for a while and um, I am this close, mate to being able to announce something. So for those listening, I did a gesture that suggested a very small, a very small size. Well, there you go. I'm very keen to see, um, you know, how, where this goes. I I already know, but I'm going to let you announce it. Obviously we don't want to give too much away uh, on your end. What we're going to be doing today, um, ladies and gents, is going through our ladder for next year. Now, I thought it's all good and well for a guy that runs a podcast to come on and say, oh, I think this team's going to be here. I think this team's going to be there. But I thought it's always good to get a coach's perspective as well. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's mm-hmm. been involved with many NRL clubs himself mm-hmm. and has coached for a very long period. So I thought it'd always be good to get a coach's perspective on all of these things as well. I think that's always a good idea. So we're going to be going through both of our predictions, which, you know, we already do have a little bit of disagreement on some of the positions as well, but <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to be going through some of the positions where we think teams are going to be. We're going to go from 17 all the way to number one. Uh, and obviously then you'll know what our ladder predictions for next year are going to be. So we'll start off with the wooden spoon because I think that's the most exciting. Um, who do you have, Lee? Before I give away who I have, who do you have uh, getting your wooden spoon next year? Well, to me, it's a straight shootout between the Tigers and the Dragons. The Dragons, I think, there's still quite a lot right wrong at that club, sorry. Uh, I think the appointment of Shane Flanagan was a good one, but I think he's got a real clean-up job. The bookies are rarely wrong with these kind of things, and they've got, the Dragons firming as the wooden spooners. I do think that they're going to look better, but I just think that some of the behaviour of some of their players over the last couple of years, and unfortunately Ben Hunt making it quite clear he wanted out of the joint, I don't think that bodes too well. So um, I think a little bit of a fractured play still, but I do think that 
Dragons fans need to have a lot of optimism for the future, but it could be short-term pain for long-term gain. The Tigers, they just go from one catastrophe to another, and I think I actually really feel sorry for their chairman, Leo Hadjipentalis. I think I like the way he fronts up to the media. He's obviously a smart guy. Meanwhile, the CEO seems to hide away and not talk to anyone in the media. Um, and even when the the chairman was voted back in, there's been some kind of review led um, by fans, apparently, that has led to more turbulence. So I just think that that club, and I also think the appointment of Benji a year early isn't a great sign either. So Dragons or the Tigers for me, I could literally interchange them 16th and 17th. Okay. Led, sorry, sorry to sit on the fence, but 16 and 17, Tigers and Dragons, you you know, flip a coin. All right, gun to head. Who are you picking? Got to get one. If you had to pick... Tigers, Tigers, because I've suggested that the Dragons will have some improvement in them. So, yeah, let's go Tigers. All right. I have gone the Dragons. I think that the Tigers, I think it's going to be impossible for them to get as low as they have. And we said this last year as well, and we were obviously proven very wrong. But even with Benji at the helm, I think it's going to be impossible to go as bad as they had been this year with some of the signings that come in. They've now got a, for sure, seven. They've got options in the six. They can go for a really young Latu Finer, who's obviously going to get a run mm-hmm. in the top mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. Or they can go for a Jaden Sullivan, who they actually got from St. George. Um, I think that they can go a lot better. Doreen Buller at fullback was outstanding. And you could mm-hmm. sort of see towards the back end of the year, I think, for the Tigers as well, that a little bit more of want to win, which we sort of, at the start of the year, that's what we were looking for from the Tigers when they were playing some pretty poor footy to start the year. We just wanted to see that want to win. You know, Luke Brooks got was out. Adam Dewey obviously got injured. They had a ton of injuries. And the want slowly started to fade away. But towards the end, when Doreen Buller came into fullback, um, when they had a pretty consistent halves pairing. Yes, the 5-8 was chopping and changing most weeks, but we sort of knew what the halves pairing towards the back end of the year was going to be. And it was a little bit more consistent. We actually saw a little bit of better footy and we saw them having the want to win. Mm-hmm. I think with all of the, the, the new players coming in, your Aiden Caesars, your Jaden Sullivans, your Latu Finos, I really do think that things are going to change slowly. I think they are going to go up a little bit more. And I think... The top teams are going to be the top teams next year, but the comp's going to even out a lot more. So there's not going to be much difference between last and 10th. I think it's going to be very, very even. Uh, even, sorry. I think that's going to be like four or five points between 10th and last. I think it's going to be very even. I think the Dragons, if, especially if Ben Hunt walks out the door at some stage next year, I think the Dragons are going to come last. I just don't see it really. T- yes, that yes, Shane Flanagan's a great appointment. Um, at head coach, but I think it's not a one-year turnaround, which a lot of people do like to see these days with clubs. I think it's going to be longer than that. So I've got the Dragons to get the spurn. They are the favorites. I've got them to get the spurn. Now, 16, you've obviously gone with the Dragons. Mm. Um, you Obviously, you're high on the Shane Flanagan um, signing. What, what else for you, I guess, puts them above the Tigers? Well, one thing, just as you were talking then, I was reflecting on, on what you were saying and one and the, the podcast we did last year. And one great thing about you and I, when we do podcasts together, my first instinct is to look at the coaching and the, 
and the um, off-field issues in terms of the structure of the club, your first instinct is always to look from the from the cattle, from the players, and then we tend to meet in the middle. And I put the Tigers below the Dragons simply because I think the Tigers is more of a basket case than they have an inexperienced coach. The Dragons, I think that with their experienced coach, they're going to get better. If Ben Hunt becomes happy again, then I think they are going to be a kind of team that that knocks a couple of sides out uh, off track as the year goes on, but they're going to struggle to sustain it throughout the year. And I also think that they obviously have a roster that um, is very unbalanced in terms of the young players are quite young, the older players are quite old and, and whatnot. So, um, I, I, you know, I, this is where I, I, I severely agree with you. It's not going to be a one-year fix at that place. Um, and to me, they are clearly the two worst franchises at the minute in the NRL. And it's also no coincidence they're the two merged clubs. I think they've got so many issues and one thing I've learned in my coaching career is if the off-field is turbulent, you've got almost no chance on-field. The old master coach, Jack Gibson, the line gets trotted out all the time. Winning starts at the front office. And I think you'd agree with me there, mate, that the Dragons and the Tigers' front offices <coughs> aren't, aren't the benchmark. Yeah, look, I, I, I agree with that. I think if there's a two... If there's Two clear bottom sides. I think it has to be the Dragons and the Tigers. They both have the potential to get up there, um, but they are the two at the, at the minute. I think next year there's going to be some improvement from the Tigers. We'll talk about that in a second when we go through the rest of my ladder. But mm. I think where we both disagree a little bit for the Tigers, but uh, at the moment, at the back end of 2023, if you had to pick the two bottom franchises, I do agree with you there. It's got to be the Tigers and the Dragons. I do see a little bit of improvement with the cattle, as you said, that they're getting next year. I think that it's going to be improving a little bit. Whereas the Dragons, for me, they haven't signed anyone that really stands out for me. I think they do need someone to, to sign another marquee guy, especially if you do get a Ben Hunt. Even if he signs somewhere else in 2025, it's still going to hurt the, I guess, the feeling around the club as well. Mm. Ben Hunt for 2020 <laughs> signs with the Brisbane Broncos, you know, you know, it's going to hurt a lot of the guys in there. And it, when your main guy wants to leave, it does hurt the core. I think that's a little bit of a clearer difference as well between the Tigers and the Dragons. I think that, you know, the main guy isn't saying, I want to get out of here at the Tigers as well. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that's going to prove dividends going into next year. Uh, my 16th is the Dolphins. I, Ooh. and I think that's a bit of a smoky and a Ooh. lot of do have them to improve next year with a lot of their signings. But again, I think it's a work in progress at the Dolphins um, and with how even everyone is and with all the guys I do see improving, they are they do go down a little bit. Um, I think that, yes, they're getting a lot of really good players, but next year is going to be a figuring out who's playing fullback, who's playing 5-8, who's playing halfback, who, what is the plan going into the next few years to be successful? I don't think the plan is to be successful, I mean, everyone wants to be successful as an NRL club. Who doesn't? But it's more so about how do we become successful and what is our plan going into the next few years? And I think with that, you've got a bunch of other clubs that have figured that out already. Uh, and that's what separates the Dolphins from everyone else for me a little bit is that the Dolphins haven't figured that out yet. And that's a product of them being a new club. 
but I think it is going to hurt them going into next year. Yes, they could blood a really good spine early and get some success. And then that's what makes them, you know, a bit of a higher team for me as well. If they do blood the spine early um, and, and get some real success at the start of the season, like they did last year, that could be the difference. But for me, I do think it's going to take a little bit of a, a little bit of time for them to do that, which is why I've got them a little bit lower. Um, what do you, can, you, re- can you remind me where dolphins actually finished in the ladder? Cause I know they finished, Outside the eight. That's all I can remember, to be honest with you. Um, they, yeah, they didn't get into the eight. I think they were quite high up. They were 13th. So they yeah. were towards the bottom end of the barrel, but they did have a really big start. And I think that's what, you know, got them up there a little bit more than us compared to other teams. And they were winning games. And obviously, Cody Nicarima had some really solid games. When Sean O'Sullivan came back, I thought they played really well. Um, Hammer played really well at fullback. And even in the centers, he played well. Um, but they're getting a whole new spine again. Mm. And there's rumor after rumor about what this spine is going to be. They haven't really figured it out yet. And I think that's Les what... and Lee. Les and Lee will be in the spine. Well, listen, I, I can definitely have a little bit of a run around. I was a front rower <laughs> in my day, so I don't know how I'm going <laughs> this spine. Um, right. So you said at the start of the pod that we had a bit of a disagreement about a couple. This is the one that jumps out to me. Mm. I'm putting the Dolphins a lot higher up the ladder, mate. The... Um, First of all, you know, I'm going to start with players. I'm going to start with Herbie Farmworth and Thomas Flegler. Mm. I think Flegler's one of the best props in the competition. And I think Herbie Farmworth is one of the best centres in the competition. Um, he could also be playing fullback. That might be the reasons he signed for, for Redcliffe Dolphins because he has wanted to play fullback quite a lot. That was part of the discourse around him at Brisbane maybe a year ago. So... That might answer some of your thoughts in and around that. Secondly, I tend to focus on what they did at the start of the season as opposed to what they did at the end because everybody wrote them off. And they, when they beat teams, they beat them really well. They, they, they've actually beaten some really good teams this year. What they've got to do is add some consistency to what they do. What I know from being up here, mate, is that any of the best kids in this area, they've snapped up. So what's going to be coming through at the Dolphins in a year or two are some real good juniors that you and anybody in who's not in and around here, we, we won't have them on the radar, right? They, I think the Dragons are going to be a lot higher. I'm going to put them, I might have to change this again, but I'm going to put them at ninth. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep them at ninth for now, and then we'll see how we go when we go through the rest of it. I'm going to put them at ninth because the one thing I've still not mentioned yet is the master coach. He's not coached teams to miss the finals that often, mate. So if you'd have said to us a year ago, they're going to beat the Roosters in round one without a so-called marquee player, what would you have thought? You'd have thought I was crazy, wouldn't you? And that's because of what what Wayne Bennett can do with players. And that is a happy club. I saw a LinkedIn post yesterday from one of their players. What was the, what was the prop called who was at South who's, who's about 83 Mark years Nichols. old? Mark Nichols. Hey? Mark Nichols. That's right. He did a LinkedIn post and um, it was of his himself, his wife, his kid and Wayne Bennett in the changing rooms. And Mark Nichols said in the in the 
in the post that his wife said, sorry, Wayne, this is... Wayne came over and said, can I get in the picture? And his wife said, sorry, Wayne, we're just doing a family portrait. And apparently Wayne said, it was a good job on family then, isn't it? And sat right next to him and got in the picture. And that's Wayne Bennett all over, I think. So, yeah, I'm putting the Dolphins a lot higher, mate. They they are one club. They're one club pulling in one direction. And again, that stays with my theme of what I've said about the Dragons and the Tigers. Yeah, well, look, I'm very keen to see, you know, what happens, Lee. I've got them in a little bit of a different spot. I think it's going to be a lot harder for them to get used to. A lot of spot, a lot of spine players have got a lot of depth going into next year as well, which is going to make it very interesting. Uh, but yeah, look, I'm very keen to see if you're right. Um, going into the next one, 15th, who have you got above the Dragons and the Tigers going into next year? Bulldogs. Bulldogs. That's another club that is... It'd be too strong to say rotten to the core. It'd be too strong of a phrase to say that, I think. But, you know, they've recruited a lot of players last season that everybody forgets how many people tipped them for the eight last year. Most media organisations were talking about top four, top eight, and they barely scraped scraped away from the bot from the wooden spoon position. That is a real difficult club to 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 change. And again, I'm thinking about some of the personnel coming over. I think about Crichton. Crichton isn't the type of player that is going to change that club per se. He's obviously a very welcome addition. He's one of the best players in the NRL. But they lack something in the middle of the field. They lack direction in the halves. There's no point having a centre like Stephen Crichton if there's not going to be a defence that can muscle up and lock teams out for long periods. There's no point having a Steve Crichton if you don't have a game-managing halves pairing that can give him the ball in the right places and a forward pack that can't create space for him to work in. So I'm thinking with the Bulldogs, and looking at your ladder prediction, you've not got them too far away. I mean, the difference between me putting them in 15th and you where, where you've put them, I won't tell people where, but... You know, you're talking about it could be points difference or one win. So I think what we're doing at the bottom of this ladder is we're just arranging the mediocrity, I think. Mm, I I agree. And I think what what I think separates the Bulldogs from a top eight side is the fact that they've got the formula there now. They've got a decent formula. They've got one of the better hookers or was one of the better hookers in the competition, obviously, when he was at Parramatta. They've got, you know, Matt Burton, who can play well at 5'8", but he just needs an organizing halfback. Toby Sexton did a really good job when he came in those first two weeks. Obviously, he was very unlucky to get knocked out in that second game that he played. But, um, you know, I yeah. thought he played really well coming in. And I thought he played that role of a organizing halfback while having a little bit of X factor about him as well. They do have the formula, but I think what separates them from the top eight team is 
They have the formula, but they're just putting the, the ingredients in the wrong spots. And it just say like think of it as making a soup. Like think about making a soup, right? You put all the ingredients yep. in the veggies, the chicken, you know, the all the main parts, the soup, um, the stock, but they're putting it all, it all in in the wrong order. They're adding a little bit of this and that. That's you know, it doesn't make the soup taste too nice. And by the end of it, the soup's a bit of a. It doesn't taste too nice. It doesn't taste too nice by the end of it, if that makes sense. Like making a hamburger as well. You can't put the butt on top yeah. of the veggies. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Burton the- wasn't a success. Yeah. Jake Averillo in the centers was okay, but I'd prefer him at fullback. There was um, just. Yeah. I'm sorry, mate. I was just going to say, I think the coach isn't what people thought he was as well. I think the coach is someone that has a good agent that gets his name in the right places. He's got a lot to prove to me as a coach. I I looked at some of those Bulldogs games this year from a tactical perspective as much as anything. And some of the defensive tactics were really poor. Some of the attacking tactics were really poor. So that coach has got an awful lot to prove, I think, as well. I mean, who who had the best Penrith assistant coach this year? The Bulldogs or the Warriors, you know? So, um yeah, there's an awful lot wrong at that club in my in my from my perspective, mate. Well, look again, very keen to see what happens with the Bulldogs, but yeah, we don't have them in very different positions at all. My fifteenth team, and again, I think a little bit of a controversial one, and I have a feeling you're going to disagree a little bit. Um, yeah. Is the Gold Coast Titans? Yes, they're getting Desi in. Yes, Desi's a fantastic coach, but they have so many fullbacks right now. They have so many uh, guys that can play multiple positions in their spine where I just feel like it's going to be another year of chopping and changing. And we've seen it happen with the Brisbane Broncos when they got the spoon. We've seen it happen with a number of clubs now, the Tigers. Um, When you chop and change your spine constantly throughout the year and you don't let spine members gel in specific positions or keep a consistent plan for a long time, you tend to not go too well. When you keep chopping and changing your halves every single week, your fullback every week, it doesn't tend to go well. And yes, they were unlucky at some stages during the season due to injury and stuff like that. But I really do think that it's just going to be another year of, I guess, taste testing for the Titans to really figure out how this team is going to look. Um, What are your thoughts on the Titans being 15th? Disagreeing with you. I'm going to put them in the eight. Here's a question for you, right? Did did the did the Titans struggle to score points this year? Not really, no. No. They struggled to prevent the other team scoring points. They struggled to play a game for two halves. These are the kind of things that Des Hasler is renowned for fixing. He's renowned for a steal steal around the defensive formation of the team who's renowned for his teams being tough. They don't, you know, you think back to Desi's manly teams, even if they were average, they rarely lost two games on the bounce. They rarely lost at home. And I think the Des factor is just what they need at the Titans. Do I think they're going to be a threat to the premiership? Absolutely not. But I think there's every chance that they could scrape into the eight. And one thing about anybody I put in 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 
those positions could change just again. It's like any position in the NRL ladder. It's very hard to predict where somebody's going to finish until about three rounds to go quite often with the buys and everything else and, and whatnot. But the, the, the teams tend to be that close together in terms of wins and losses. That the, the Titans could literally get into the eight or just miss out. So I'm going to put them in eighth for now. All right, I'll chuck them in eighth. And again, we'll see how that goes going into the rest of this uh, prediction. Uh, but yeah, look, I've got the Titans 15th. Two very different arguments as well. I'm very keen to see where the Titans finish. I think they definitely have the strike power and the attack to be a top eight team. But I think that when, as I said before, a team constantly changes their spine, and I feel like it is going to be a wine-tasting sort of year for the Gold Coast Titans in terms of figuring out where Keanu Keeney, AJ Brimson, Jaden Campbell, where these guys fit into the team, figuring out who the halfback is, because you've got obviously, obviously had a guy like Tom Weaver. He probably had the hardest debut ever going up against the Panthers and the Melbourne Storm in consecutive weeks and killed it. And for the first half of those games, made Titans look like the better side. You've got Tanner Boyd, whose kicking game has been great. And there's been one thing that's kept the Titans in a lot of games this year. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard to see where this, how this spine comes together. Foz is definitely the number six. And I think the Dez and Foz combo is going to be great, linking those two up again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, look, I think it is going to be a wine-tasting year for the Titans where they just need to figure out how this spine is going to look. And if it is a constant chop and change, then I think they are going to be around the bottom end of the ladder. But uh, Sorry, mate. I think what's interesting, and hopefully the listeners are picking up on this, I can't literally sit here and disagree with anything you've just said about your justification for what will happen. And I dare say you couldn't really argue with me about my justification about what would happen. That is the great unknown, isn't it? And that's the, and this is why it's so hard to predict some of these teams because the rosters aren't that different in some cases. Um, It's about the quality of the coaching environment, the quality of the buy-in, the player unrest or otherwise, you know? And um, these things are always really intriguing. Um, And that's probably the patterns of the NRL at the minute. You can probably pick the top two, three, four quite easily. Um, The rest are sort of all vying for that last four spots in the eight, you know? So, um, no, really intriguing conversation, mate. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. And again, it's crazy to think how close the competition is. And I feel like that's why we we have, we do have a lot of guys in different positions as well, because they could just change like that with how close the competition is. And as you said before, with the buyers and all the other factors coming into, you know, putting together a ladder so early as well, um, it just makes it very interesting. And, and we could have two very different answers of how the ladder is going to look by the end of this as well. One.